0: Hello I've ever heard. That's just uh that's just how I feel.
1: <laughs> Saddest. I kid I kid. I kid kind of. How are we've, you? I've been fine. I've been better. We've yeah. been better. Oh yeah. We feel like sweet death. It's been a hell of a couple days. Currently, just so you guys get at a great picture, it is Saturday at about ten o'clock at night. And we've been in bed since Thursday. Around 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) We finally have a surface to the world. We still feel like trash, but we have to record this episode now. This is
0: our only time. This is
1: our only time to record, so sorry if we don't sound 100% today. We don't feel 100%, but we still wanted to get you an episode. I feel, I don't know, I hate when people are like, oh, sorry, no episode this week. It's like, eh, I hate when people do that shit, so I don't want to be that person yep and luckily our um what do I wanna say episode
0: short no well, oh. also bad, but our uh content for today goes well with a sad uh <laughs> slowly dying slowly <laughs> yeah wanting to die um, yeah. demeanor that we have so totally
1: how else have, how was your week besides us wanting sweet death? Um, uh, average
0: Perfect. work was average, it awesome. was a short week, which I like. Okay, um,
1: how was your week? Um, I don't know, I think I've talked about this the past few weeks. My mental health is just slowly declining. I'm finally starting to reach out for help against my better will. I like, I think it's like most people, like, I'd like to think that I'm a lot stronger, but I think it's just.
0: Sammy's the type where she'll be like, I have a headache, and I'll say, do you want some Excedrin? And she says, no. I'm like, why not? I'm fine. I can do it on my own. I can, like, will myself to feel better. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it is. I think that's just how I was raised with my dad. He he never took, if he had a headache, he was just like, well, it's just going to go away, and I'm just going to power through it. So I think I just have that mentality yeah. from my dad. Mm-hmm. So thanks, dad. Not making me. me stubborn and too Shoot independent. me up with
0: whatever. <laughs> as long as I feel better, I'm
1: good. Yeah. I've <laughs> got it. There you go. Eek. The one dog that won't come in if the door is even cracked a little bit, and the other dog that forces himself in mm-hmm. no matter how cracked the door is.
0: Anywho, one really good thing. Sammy, I don't know how she did this because we share an Amazon and I just didn't see this, but she got me a Millennium Falcon model. Yeah. So I'm we're... in the middle of building, and I'm really excited about it.
1: I'm super excited, because every time I looked up Star Wars build kit, it was all Lego shit that you didn't like, and then somehow by the gods of Amazon, I fe- I stumbled upon, like, this, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like, this perfect. Is exactly it's the kind she... that you don't
0: need, like, glue or yeah. anything. It all snaps together.
1: I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that it was the right one. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah. Yay. Early Valentine's gift, even though Valentine's sucks. Yeah, we don't do Valentine's. And no, we don't. Except for this one, because it's our first one. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're not doing Valentine. Are we doing Valentine's?
1: No, it's just, I got you that. Dark oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, okay. There's on, on Amazon, if you are still able to look and get one, they have, like, Darth Vader, Chewie, Yoda, and a Stormtrooper that are, like, pink and red colored, and they have, like, little Valentine's boxes of like, chocolates. They're not real chocolates, but it looks like a box of chocolates. They're really cute. Funko Pops. Funko Pops, yes. Yeah. So. Sweet. Anyways, I'm done now. Well, I, you're first. So. I am 1st It's uh, roll. Let's um, I apologize. Here I am again. I am apologizing because this is a story that is not in America, so therefore it is not in my native language, so therefore I looked up a lot of pronunciations, and therefore I'm going to suck at pronouncing things. Such as the name of the place. (laughs) 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 Which I'm going to say a million times. So, I'm so sorry. Isn't it Huska? So, that's one of the pronunciations the most common one that I found, but there are other pronunciations that are Houska, but I feel like it's in um, the Czech Republic, and I feel like for some reason Houska is Americanized, and Houska is how they would pronounce it. I don't know. I'm trying to validate something that's I've always heard incorrect. i Houska. That's what I'm saying. Cool. Okay. So, I'm talking about Houska Castle, and if you haven't heard about it, it is crazy. It was built in the later part of the 13th century, and it includes a Gothic chapel, a green chamber with late Gothic frescoes, and um, or those frescoes show a demon-like figures and a knight's a knight's drawing room. So these are all like architectural. Yeah. So this is like what you'll find if you go on a tour. Like, okay. Like it's very Gothic, very like medieval century bullshit. That's pretty cool. Super cool, and apparently it's well-preserved given its crazy history, which is crazy, and I'll tell you in a second. Um, It's found in the eastern part of the Kakujin Forest, which is 47 kilometers and 29- which is 29 miles north of Prague in the Czech Republic. There is archaeological proof that there once was Celtic inhabitants dating back to before the Middle Ages, to so like the 5th century. And there are also, in the 6th century, recordings of Slavic tribes that migrated to the area. Um, but this was before the castle was actually built. So this is just kind of like the history of the land. Um, in the late 9th century, according to the Czech chronicle by Václav Hážek, um, that was published in 1541, the first known building on the land was a small wooden fort. And in that same chronicle... Václav also recounts the legend where there was a strange crack on top of the limestone cliff, where there was a hole in the ground that was unforeseeably deep and was the source of strange visitations. It's kind of weird that they have like this kind of recount back all the way mm. to the 9th century. Legend has it that that crack in the limestone that was recounted in that chronicle is actually a gateway to hell and the castle was built over it to cover the gateway. rut, roro raggy. Um so the castle was meant to trap demons in lower levels of the castle to prevent them from reaching the like outer world. So the castle was most likely built because of orders that Ottokar II of Bohemia gave during his reign of the era from 1253 to 1278. Uh, this was assumed to serve as an administration center where royal estates could be managed. So basically as a castle for a real estate business. Which makes no sense Okay, to <laughs> um But I guess back in the day you needed a real estate jab. But it's really weird. Um, some sources claimed it was Wincolos... Wenceslas, the first duke of Bohemia that ordered the building of the castle. But this is un- unlikely in my opinion because he was assassinated in the year 935 by his brother and if the castle was built in the 13th century right. he wouldn't have been alive mm-hmm. for the building of it. Um, but um, the Wenceslas. Person was seen as a very good man and a martyr, and he was seen as the patron saint of the Czech state. So maybe that's why, because they just like they're like, oh, he tried to, he like had like good intentions. So maybe he's the one that built it without like, maybe it's just like a rumor that went around without anything to back it. No fact checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, Unknown why it's named Huska because in Czech it means braided bread roll. (laughs)
0: Which is kind Man, of. Yeah, th- that sounds good. I know. <laughs> Speaking oh, of, I've been so seeing good. so many really good, easy bread recipes I'm on so TikTok. Down. Can we
1: make them all? Can I just be chunky yeah. and eat bread?
0: Yeah. I just don't. We don't have any of the stuff for
1: it. We can. have to store it down the street. It's 10 o'clock. Well, tomorrow. <laughs> if we don't feel like <laughs> death anymore. Um, <laughs> or we can ask Audrey to do it.
0: Yeah, like hey can you bring us some yeast yeah we'll like, what are you guys yeast? doing <laughs> like,
1: we're craving bread and we can't leave the house yeah um anyways back on topic <laughs> the the really fun thing about this is that the people that own the plant or in the castle now have kind of like played off of the name and there is a small stone sculpture of a braided bread roll <laughs> on the banister of one of the staircases. Really? yeah i saw a picture <laughs> of it it's so funny that's some shit I would do. They just found that one bread roll and they're like, let's name this Huska. I don't know. <laughs> it seems super weird to name it Huska. Anyways, so the II of Bohemia, after his reign, it, the castle maintained its Aristocracy, but kept passing, kept getting passed around. It was like on from one person to the next very quickly. But then in uh, 1584 to 1590, it got an upgrade to some Renaissance styles and architecture, so it was like a remodeling. Um, The changes included a removing of a moat, which is weird, and a watchtower, as well as some sandstone outcrops I don't know what that means Um, that were inside the castle interior. And Defenses in the castle that faced the interior were removed and replaced with decorative depictions of archers' loopholes, which can still be seen in the interior of the courtyard today. All of this will make more sense why everything's on the interior in a second, if you haven't already put it together. So during the Thirty Years' War in 1639, it is reported that Swedish mercenary leader and claimed black magician oronto made this huska castle his home and also his laboratory he also <laughs> performed experiments on the castle or at the castle at least one of his experience oh my gosh at least one of his experiments was an attempt to make an elixir of eternal life which may or may not have involved uh, a black hen i don't know some of the reports i saw were like he used a black hen for these things and then other things were not so may or may not huh. his soldiers would also terrorize locals so much that the last two hunters of the local village snuck up to huska castle in the middle of the night and shot Aronto through the window which i am gonna debate in a second when i explain something else in a second But they're also not sure when this was put in the castle or made, but there is a hand carving moving piece of wood art that shows Dante's Inferno. So it shows the seven layers of hell, and you can move around pieces like characters and like make your own like storyline, I guess, which Uh is pretty fucking cool. And then also. In the 1700s, it stopped being used to serve noble families and such, and unfortunately that caused the castle to decline since it wasn't being maintained anymore. Then in 1836, during a walking exploration of the area, Czech poet Karl Heinek Maka spent a night in the castle, and this is what he reported in a letter to his friend, Edward Hindle. And I'm going to say friend in quotes because we don't write letters to our friends back in the day, you know what I mean? Um, Do we not? Hmm? Do we not? I mean, I just would like to think him more as a gay friend. Oh. But I'm just putting words in oh his mouth. Oh my god. I'm putting words in his mouth. Okay. I don't know if he was gay or not, but I don't know. That's the impression I get. I don't know why. Okay. Um Carl had dreams where he was descending into a hole in the ground and was taken to a quote, hellish, mechanized future, end quote. Which was Prague two thousand and six. And he wandered around in horror and despair. In his dreams, he also met a girl who showed him moving pictures in a small casket of darkness around him as he walked along high sandstone cliffs and that had several holes that projected a yellow light, which is very similar to the Shidlishta, or large towering apartment buildings, which loom above the outskirts of Prague today. So I think that's very interesting that he wrote about these things. Back in the 1836 times, and he's literally recounting, like, moving pictures, like, movies and these huge apartment buildings and stuff like that, without even knowing anything about them. Super weird. Super weird. So, is it time travel? Is he psychic? Weird things. Or maybe he just had a good imagination in his dreams and it just so happened to line up with the future, like Mm -hmm. the Simpsons, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then, in 1897, a royal member from the House of Huen Lua which was a German dynasty, dynasty purchased the castle. Then in 1924, the president of Schkaude, a German industrial conglomerate, which is like an auto industry, I guess. I don't know what conglomerate means.
0: It's like a big business.
1: Yeah, it's like an auto industry, big business. There we go. Um... His name is jo- Joseph Simonek. He purchased the castle and it is still owned by his family today. However, during World War II, the United Armed Forces of Nazi Germany, called Wehrmacht, um, occupied the castle until 1945. So hmm. presumably since 1939, when the war started, and a little bit more. So they were in there for about five years. Right. Um. So this is where things get fucking weird, if it hasn't already gotten weird already. Adding to the Gates of Hell legend, there are claims that while occupied by the Nazis, that they conducted experiments into the occult, such as using the powers of hell for those experiments. I'm assuming they wanted a demon army like Quan Chi, or to absorb demon powers like Shengsung from Mortal Kombat? you know that's the vibe sick, I was getting sick. honestly yeah um wouldn't put it past hitler for looking into a demon army since i mean it's already like there's a lot about that actually yeah. them looking into different occult practices to like
0: beef up their military
1: presence right yeah i was about to say it's pretty well known that hitler put resources towards finding supernatural weapons to use in the war so hey castle seriously sit down it's always when I'm talking. It's like my voice is boring to them. Um, so their experiments were so bad that locals would see strange sights and hear awful things. It's also rumored that SS used Huska Castle as a breeding farm of sorts, also known as Leibinsborn Project. Leibinsborn. Yeah. Um, so basically, they'd find suitable young women who would be essentially impregnated by SS troops to breed their master race. What the fuck? Yeah, and that's where, apparently, part of their experiments were conducted. Yeah, disgusting. I'm looking up a lot of photos of... It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's licking weird. Um... So, but in true Nazi fashion, once they were being pushed out of the area by American and Russian armies, they burned all their records. So we have no idea. This is just kind of hearsay at this point. Yeah, once they were gone, the owners then had to clear the area of landmines from the Nazis. And even to this day, the owners refuse to do any excavation to study the, the hole that is in the limestone in fear that they might find an undiscovered German explosive and just destroy the castle. And they don't want to do that. So. They've got tech for that now, though. Oh, I'm sure they do. I don't know why they won't do it, but that's just what I found for the reason. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So years after they occupied the location, it is reported also that there are several Nazi skeletons that were found. But I'm like, how do you determine what's a Nazi skeleton? Like, were they still wearing their Nazi? I think that's garb? the only way. Yeah. That's the only way I could think. But I couldn't find anything else that explained like, where they were or, you know, how they were found. I just found one claim that said this. So in the 19th and 20th centuries, the history kind of calms down a bit and it is claimed to be used for several things, such as a hunting lodge where trophies can be seen in the castle. And it, they're considered very valuable. Um, so it was a huge hunting place for a while. And since 1999, the castle has been open into the public for tours so now let's get into the portal of hell claims. Hooska Castle is also noted as being one of the most haunted locations in the world, and before its inception, demonic activity had been disturbing for the region for some time. Apparently, animal-human hybrids are reported to have crawled out of the hell portal at night, and there are also claims that dark-winged free- creatures that flew near the area would attack locals in attempts to drag them down into the hole which is fucking creepy, Um, they thought the pit was a source of all this activity, and it's so deep that you're unable to see the bottom of it. It's also apparently pretty fucking stinky. No way. Like, it smells like raw eggs, which would make sense. (laughs) Because I think it's interesting. It could be just, like, a natural smell, because that's also a very natural thing for, like, limestone, I think. Isn't it? I feel like it is. To smell like Rane. Sulfur. Sulfur, that's the... Maybe there's sulfur in there. I don't know, but also that's like a smell for like demonic activity, apparently. Um, Before the castle was being built, a duke of the Duba clan wanted to understand the secret of this hole in the ground and offered to prisoners from the area that were sentenced to death a pardon if they agreed to be lowered into the hole to figure out what was going on down there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, when the first person was lowered, it is claimed that they started screaming after quite some distance of being lured into the hole. Then, when he was pulled back up, screaming the entire way to the surface, it looked as though he had aged thirty years. His hair turned white and he was extremely wrinkled. Apparently, he was so disturbed that he spent um sorry that he was sent to an asylum and he died two days later for unknown reasons. Hm, yeah. Then nobody else wanted to go down after that. No shit. Yeah, no surprise there. Um, the locals tried to fill it with rocks, but it got nowhere. So then it is believed that that's when Ottokar the kept Second. Putting rocks, yeah, they just kept throwing rocks. rocks. But I mean, it depends on what size of rocks you're throwing. You know, I don't know. Maybe huh. they threw five, and they were like, "Well, this isn't working." That's what I would do because I'm lazy. So this is when it was believed that Ottokar II of Bohemia ordered the construction of the structure. So the chapel itself is what is constructed over the large hole in the ground that is referred to the gateway of hell. Um, Great. Sorry. Gateway to hell. So what better way to keep demons at bay than to take them to church? (laughs) If they decide on coming to Earth. Never mind. It was funnier in my head. And in my notes, it was funnier. (laughs) Anyways, so the chapel... (coughs) I was waiting for it. Anyways, the chapel was dedicated to Archangel Michael, who is the leader of God's armies, to fight against Satan. And there are faded frescoes on the chapel walls, which date back to the early 1400s, which, fun fact, are some of the oldest found in Europe. And they depict Archangel Michael in two scenes, the first being where he is fighting a dragon which apparently is a symbol of evil. And the second is where Michael is holding a sword in one hand and a set of scales in the other, where one side of the scale is weighing souls uh, and the other side has, like, a little weird demon baby. So it's, like, weighing... Ew. Yeah, it makes me kind of think of, like, the Egyptian... Oh, what is that called? Like, if your heart's lighter than a feather or something like that, you get to go on yeah, to yeah. The, I don't remember what it's called, though, but it makes me think of that. I, I guess Christianity has a its own form of that. Weighing of the souls. Sorry, I don't know my Christian lore. Um, Even stranger about the fresco, or one of the frescoes that was found on the walls, is that it depicts a creature with the upper body, body of a female and a lower body of a horse, so it's a centaur, and it is holding a bow in her right hand and aiming the arrow with her left arm at a human figure. So for the time because this I'm assuming is around the same decade, the 1400s um, for the time it is very unusual to find this type of representation of a centaur in a chapel because it's considered a creature of pagan mythology. So it's like weird that they would have that in a Christian chapel. Mm-hmm. And then it also is very odd because it is not only a female being depicted, but a female archer, which is even more unusual for the time. Okay. So, what's even more unusual, this whole thing is just super unusual, is that the fact that she's left-handed. And in the Middle Ages, left-handedness was connected to Satan and evil. So, if you're left-handed, sorry, apparently you are Satanic. Um, good for you. I mean, good for you. Uh, researchers believe that this fresco represents an animal human- one of- The animal-human hybrids that they talked about back in the day that had been coming out of the hole and attacking Mm. humans. So I think that's what it's depicting. Wow, I'm not on top of my page turning today. (laughs) Um, The walls of the castle that are closest to the hole, um, so closer to the chapel, are apparently the thickest. Almost like it wants to keep something inside of it, or, you know, just wants to fuck with your Wi-Fi. The walls are super gross. Even more disturbing, apparently there are non-human remains of demonic beasts that are that supposedly escaped from the hole on the property. I didn't see any pictures about that, just a lot of claims about that. Um, to add to the weirdness as to why the castle was built, and that it was built with essentially no purpose can be found. There are no fortifications, so no walls surrounding it to protect it. There's no immediate source of water. There are no trade routes and no external defenses like cannons or anything like that. If you remember I was talking about how all the defenses were on the inside of the castle, so that just feeds into like them wanting to keep something in rather than giving a fuck about what's trying to penetrate the walls.
0: Oh, God, um, you're saying all the
1: worst words tonight. You're welcome. So Moist penetrate ugh. <laughs> Gross. Uh, there's also no kitchen that was built in the building, which explains why it was first not used for a living space, but like kind of an administration building, um, which also explains why it can't keep an owner for too long, because like who wants to just like go back and forth to this place? It's like basically in the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> um, also, the windows are fake; they're just glass panels that are set in front of a stone wall. So some serious Sarah Winchester vibes with that. Um <laughs> which makes me debate with that dude that I said got shot through an arrow through a window. I'm not sure how he would have done that. There so there are no windows. According to my research, there are no real windows. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know how he got shot with an arrow through a window if there were none. Unless they're, like, just on the outside where there's fake windows. So, like, maybe they got into, like, the first layer and then they got to windows. I don't know. We'll have to take a trip to Huska Castle and visit, you know? See what's going down. Um, also, the surrounding area of the castle is pretty remote. It's filled with a dense forest, swamps, and sand- sandstone mountains that just make it difficult to get to. And the castle itself, like I said, is... Built on the edge of a limestone cliff, which is I feel like pretty sketchy because I don't feel like limestone is the limestone is the best like <laughs> stable thing to build a castle on. But what do I know? Even to this day, visitors claim to have unexplainable experiences and have instances of bad luck after visiting the castle. Um, Some visitors say that they feel a deep aversion when entering the castle. There are also reports that you can hear scratching on the lower floors at night, like something trying to get out. Um... As well as screaming coming from beneath the floor of the chapel where the pit is, and cars sometimes won't start once they're like parked and near the castle. They won't like restart. Mm. Um, it's also noted that there are often dead birds that are found in the inner courtyard of the castle. And even co-owner of the how oh my gosh, the McGee's Ghost tours in Prague has had experiences there once um did I say her name? I don't think I did. I just said she. I'm so sorry. Apparently, my research sucks. Apparently, she and other company co-founder Tyler McGee, whom I'm assuming is her husband, made the first visit to the castle winter of last year, and they felt an extreme uneasiness when arriving into the courtyard. To top it off, they had their dogs with them and one dog named Bobo. He began barking and got very excited without anything visibly there to cause the provocation. Um, Tyler recalls feeling like he was being followed or watched during their entire tour, and after visiting, they returned to Prague where they parked their car and did a nightly ghost tour within the city. And that's when they returned over an hour later, and their vehicle was gone. Police found it within. I know, right? Um, Police found it within a few hours, where it had already been stripped and trashed. In a sec, bummer, big bummer. (laughs) Um, There are other reports of hauntings, such as a bullfrog human creature, a headless horse—not a headless horseman, just a headless horse, um, a figure with no face that wears a monk's hood, and an old woman. But I couldn't really find any stories about that. I tried so hard to like Google like headless horse. Castle, And I couldn't find anything. So I don't know where these claims are coming from. Maybe from the tours that I couldn't find any information on. Um, It's also reported that the dark arts um, dude, Oranto, is also reported to haunt the castle. Makes sense if he was shot there with an arrow. I don't know. Through a window that doesn't exist? Yeah, through a window sure. that doesn't exist. Um, A very... Now we're talking about media. The very interesting part of the Castle's history was in 1974, where it was used as an improv recording studio to create the first album of the underground dissident group, The Plastic People of the Universe. And are we surprised that several ghost, UFO, and in general, horror enthusiasts flocked to this place? Such as Travel Channel's legendary locations on episode four, season two, as well as Most Haunted Live, which aired March of two thousand and ten, Ghost Hunters on Sci Fi in July of two thousand and nine, and surprise, surprise, our bros at Ghost Adventures haven't done this location. Hmm. So maybe it's because Zach's fear of flying, and he doesn't want to go back to there. Because I feel like they've done a lot of American locations lately. Yeah. In the last few years. Once they got their popularity, Zach's like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Which I think is bullshit. But that's all I have. I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. I felt like it was mediocre compared to last week. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard to find a lot of information on it, but everything was basically saying the same thing, and then I don't... And I, I think I eventually found the Ghost Tour website, which gave me a lot more information. Right. No, I liked it a lot. Thanks. Let's go there. Oh God. No. Okay. I don't know about that one. <clears throat> how are we gonna get, get your out? Passport first. Yeah, we do have to get a passport first. There's no like buses that go that trip. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know how I would feel about taking a rental car, and then the car's not starting. It's true. It's true. Just ask for for somebody to give us a jump. I don't know. I'm ready for another nap. Okay, well, in the spirit of doing haunted haunted places,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about my favorite one. Yeah? And what I've actually been to. I love it. Yes. Um, So we're going to be talking about the Myrtle's Plantation, which has been named... Uh, Several times by Discovery Channel and Travel Channel, yada yada yada, as supposedly the most haunted plantation in America. Do we believe that? Meh. But it was super exciting when I went there and the history is really, really cool. (laughs) Do we believe that? Yeah. I don't (laughs) see why not. Because every place and its mom says that. that it is the
1: most haunted in yeah, america stanley the is most the most haunted ha- hotel in america yeah
0: it's like ah uh, yeah uh,
1: we can't all be the most haunted no. okay yeah it's like
0: what makes <laughs> like best burger in america yeah this, no also it's not. just like new trash. york times
1: bestseller just like yeah. every book you see is yeah. a fucking new york times bestseller yep. like what does that even mean anymore nothing anyways
0: so we're gonna start way 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 back george washington time back now, it's not as old as yours, obviously, but this is America. We're fairly young. So. Yeah, as a It's country. old for us. Yeah. Um, so, in 1794, General David Bradford had to flee from George Washington's army because of his leadership role in the Whiskey Rebellion. He was actually called Whiskey Dave. Hmm. Um, not Whiskey Dick? Not Whiskey Dick. Whiskey Dave. Okay. Uh, William... I don't know why I said William. That's not even in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, General Bradford arrived in Louisiana, and he <laughs> obtained a Spanish land grant of about 650 acres. And at this time, Louisiana was not part of the United States, so he was safe from uh, General Washington. Gotcha. So a wealthy judge and a businessman from Washington County, uh, which was in Pennsylvania, he showed an interest in in the area before the conclusion of the unsuccessful Whiskey Rebellion, which forced him to settle there. So he was interested before, and then he's like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. Why don't I just go to Louisiana, where I was looking at property anyways? Right. So he built a plantation that was first named Laurel Grove, but then later named the Myrtles, in 1797. He died in 1808, and his widow sold the land and the property, like, the plantation everything to her son-in-law a guy named clark woodruff who was a lawyer and a really good friend of andrew jackson in 1834 he sold it to ruffin gray sterling his name was ruffin which is weird ruffin ruffin r-u-f-f-i-n who restored the plantation uh and then they ended up that family held it until 1894 so like 60-ish years and after that, it went through a succession of different owners. Uh, restoration efforts on the one-and-a-half-story country house uh, began in the mid-1970s. But prior to that, Grace Sterling, I believe, is the one who actually added on a whole separate part of the the plantation building. So there's the old part, and then there's a newer kind of two-story part. Okay. So... Um, just a little info on the house itself. It's pretty broad. Um, it has a pretty big footprint. And, uh, it was built, like I said, in two halves. The first half, which was built in 1796, uh, forms the western six bays of the main, uh, facade. Is it facade? Facade. Facade. Fuck me. Is it F-A-C-A-D? Yeah. Yeah, facade. Uh, most of the ground room floors have fine marble, arched mantles, Ooh. and, uh, it, like, everything in it, it's a lot imported, mm-hmm. all super fancy. Most of the rooms have plaster ceiling medallions, no two of which are the same. Interesting. Um, That's very interesting. And all the flooring and most of the windows in the house are... And it's...
1: It's still to this day? Yes. Dang.
0: Yep. And it's basically... And most don't stand anymore, but the Myrtles does, so it's a really good, like, look back into history. Like I said, it is also touted as one of the most haunted houses in America, as it was the scene of a Reconstruction-era murder and other more natural deaths that have kind of been twisted and turned. In the folklore, supposedly, according to the lore, there have been over ten murders, or ten moitas, but only one can be substantiated, and the rest were all natural. So, oh, so I see. Let's get into that, right? I love it. Have you ever heard of the legend of Chloe? Yes. Okay, good. So, as the popular story goes, Clark Woodruff was pretty good dude. Like we said, he was a uh, lawyer. Fran of Andrew Jackson. However, he had a habit of sleeping with a lot of the different female slaves. I feel like as did a lot of white slave owners. This was, yeah, a 650-acre plantation had a ton of slaves. Oh, gosh. Because they were producing crops. He ended up focusing his attention on one slave girl named Chloe. She knew that if she partook in his advances, she would probably be moved into the house. She'd Mm -hmm. be a house slave, which was way better Mm -hmm. than being outside in the fields. She knew if she didn't, that's where she would be moved, back outside. She didn't want that. How fucked
1: is it that you're basing your living, like, what am I trying to say? Never mind. Like your training? Yeah, it's like, I am willing to go through this awful experience. Horrible traumatic experience. In order to have a better living life. Yep. That's so fucked. Super fucked. I hate it.
0: So she began a sexual relationship with Woodruff that lasted several years. Um, (sighs) She was worried that his wife would find out and would punish her, so she started eavesdropping on the family's conversations. And she got caught several times doing this. And one day, the last time she got caught doing this, Clark Basically, ordered her ear to be cut off. Oh my god. Because she was listening at the door, her ear would be cut off. So that happened, and from that day on, she was forced to wear a turban to cover her disfigured ear. Mm-hmm. Generally, a green turban, which is how she's recognized now in the afterlife. So she was pissed. Some versions of the story say that she was pissed about this. Others say that she just wanted to get back in their good graces. So I'll go through both of those. So one night, family was out and uh, Chloe was making dinner. Uh, Mr. Woodruff was away and Chloe allegedly slipped a bit of poison into their food. This would have been from Oleander. There's a ton of it on the property. So Uh um, super pretty, but if you eat it in any way, shape, or form, it's really, really bad. Um, So, she allegedly slipped a bit of it in their food, and within days, Woodruff's wife and two of the kids were dead. However, this is not supported by the records. The records say that they died of yellow fever. Right. Um, How traumatic. But, per the story, the other slaves were scared that Woodruff would find out what Chloe did, and uh, they ended up taking the matter into their own hands. They took Chloe, they took her out by the river, and they strung her up and hung her themselves, so that they wouldn't be punished for any kind of, like, helping yeah, her do that. Like, guilty by association. Right. According to legend, Chloe's spirit lives on and haunts the plantation, however, the story wouldn't become widespread until decades later, uh, when a very famous photo was taken for an insurance, not an adjustment, but, like... It was new owners, and then they were getting new house insurance, and the insurance company wanted photos of different parts of the house, so yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. The other version of that story is that Chloe wanted back in the good graces of the family, so she did slip a little bit of poison into their food, hoping that it would just make them sick, she could nurse them back to health, and then all would be well, the family would thank her and be glad that she was there. Yeah, So... Two versions of that story. Like I said, it's not supported by the records. We've talked before about how, like, records are questionable anyways, like, whether or not they were kept.
1: Right. And just, like, how exaggerated were they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And what are their
0: sources? Yeah. I don't know. So, in 1834, Clark Woodruff sold the plantation to Ruffin Grace Sterling, like we said before, and he is the one who remodeled the house and then renamed it. Um, after the crepe myrtle trees that are all over the property. Sometime after the plantation passed on to a man named William Winter, he married one of Sterling's daughters. So it's basically gone through the family just in different ways. Right. In 1871, an unnamed man shot Winter in the chest as he was exiting the house. The story is that he knocked on the door, Winter comes out, to see who's there, and as soon as he is on the porch, he gets shot in the chest. So, like, good old John DuPont style. Yep, good old John DuPont style. Uh, so, allegedly, he ran back into the house, stumbled up the stairs, before dying in the arms of his wife Sarah about halfway up. After this, the myrtles continued to pass through different hands. Um, It wasn't until a lot later that people began, like, seeing ghosts and, like, taking recordings of ghosts or, like, writing down what they were seeing, so making, like, a record that the place was haunted. It probably was way before. There was just no, like, written record of it. Right. So in the 1970s, the Myrtles Plantation was purchased by the Myers family, and that's when they started talking about it being haunted. The family opened the plantation as a bed and breakfast, and it didn't take long for a lot of different people to start seeing and hearing strange things that's what happens when you make it in a hotel and you have a whole bunch of people passing through, right? Yep, totally. So, for starters, guests at the Myrtles Plantation reported hearing strange noises. Others saw ghostly apparitions, often of a young girl wearing a green turban. Yeah. I saw you, this. Did she? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we had pictures of it during our tour. We got some pictures of very oddly shaped green things. Why have I not heard about photos. this before? You talk about Myrtles all the time. going to leave some to the
1: imagination. imagination. Okay.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I thought we told each other everything. Oh my god. I am so offended. Um, A lot of people suggest that this might be the spirit of Chloe, like we said, which by this point had become a full-blown local legend. In <laughs> 1992, the owner of the Myrtles supposedly caught Chloe on film, like I said. Uh, that year, she took a photo of the property for... Her insurance policy in the photo, nothing came of it until years later when a researcher asked to use it for a postcard. After blowing it up, he saw a figure of what appeared to be a young girl with a turban. According to the owner, there was no one in that spot that day. Hmm. I think it's the same owner as no. that owns it now. Hmm. Yeah, Some people claim to have seen young girls in old-style clothing in the... um. Windows, which I'll show, I'll send you pictures of those too, and we'll post those. Sick. Others say that they've caught glimpses of Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror uh, near the room where they died. There's a big old mirror. Um, Isn't that like the mirror? Yeah. Yep. And it sits in one of the main rooms of the old portion of the house. And supposedly, Clark Woodruff's wife and kids died in the house. That's what the legend says. And oh, that's probably fever. what happened also. Yeah, six and one half dozen, if they died of poisoning or yellow fever, it probably happened in the house. And oh, yeah. the legend says that um, this was the only mirror in the house that wasn't covered. So their spirits got trapped in there. That's a very, very common
1: uh, myth about mirrors. Hold on, I'm more concerned about the fact that they covered all of the mirrors except for this one. That's super common. Do you cover mirrors? Yep. Why would you
0: cover a mirror? Because it's supposedly if you don't cover the mirrors in the house when somebody dies in the
1: house or like in a building. So like somebody else in the house did this and they started to pass away? Yes. Oh, okay. I just thought that they just kept all the mirrors covered in no. cautionary. No. Okay. If, so-
0: if you know somebody's probably gonna die, they're sick on their deathbed, one foot in the grave. You cover the mirror so that their spirit doesn't get trapped in Some the Some sick
1: fuck was just like ha 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 ha. Yeah, right? <laughs> we forgot, forgot about this one. <laughs> Can't wait for this fucker to run. Right. Mirror hell.
0: And I've got a pretty good mirror story to tell you in a
1: minute. <clears throat> oh yeah, I love it.
0: Supposedly a young girl in 1868, which I think would have been William Winter's time in the house. Um, they tell this story on the tour, but there's nothing in, like, documented that supports it. Hmm. So, like, official records do not support it, but they tell this dur- during the tour. A uh, young girl in 1868, she was sick with, I think, yellow fever or Spanish flu. Who mm-hmm. knows? All of these different fevers. Scarlet fever, yellow fever, Spanish flu. We're all going around. Yeah. So, her dad, I think in Winter, uh... Brought in a voodoo priestess to help. So days and days and days of this voodoo priestess working with this girl in her room to help make her better. Girl dies anyways. Dad's so pissed that he strings up the voodoo priestess. And supposedly in this room where it happened, people have seen someone uh hanging like from the rafters above the bed no where, yeah i hate that yep. i hate that suppose it so i don't know
1: <laughs> i hate that so much oh my god i hate that
0: according to another local legend the myrtles plantation was actually built on top of an old indian burial ground as is every haunted place ever
1: yeah if just you do not know fucking <laughs> do some research on the land in which you're building upon and don't do that. Just don't.
0: I don't know if that's actually true
1: about being on an Indian burial yeah. ground. Oh,
0: it's not proven. That's just local legend.
1: Oh, okay. Well, either way, just don't do that.
0: Yeah. Um, and some people report seeing the spirit of a Native American woman in the gazebo on the property. I have a picture of that. I'm sending you. Uh, presumably she's one of the people buried here long ago. My here's my other thing. Also, is the whole country was inhabited by Indian tribes. Yeah. Every place- people died, just like people die every place here. Right. I don't know how they do their burials, but, I like, I don't know if they had actual, like- Areas meant for those things. Right, and I don't know if they marked them. Like, the odds of being on an Indian burial ground- Seem pretty high.
1: Seem high. I agree. I think (laughs) that- I think it depends on where the tribes, like, just- Kept their little areas, but I don't know if they, like, would move along because of, like, winters and summers. I don't don't know, because I know, at least for, like, Oregon Trail and, like, people that were, like, migrating to the west at the first time, they would bury their loved ones where they died. Yeah, they wouldn't like carry their bodies because that's just like extra weight. so I don't know if they did that kind of a thing where they would just be like respectful burial and then just move along. I have no idea if somebody knows. I would love to hear about it because that seems really interesting, a part of Native American history.
0: Right, and I always sit on the fence between like, well, how on earth is every single haunted place supposedly buried on an Indian burial burial ground? ground. But also, they had to be everywhere.
1: Yeah, how is not every inch (laughs) of this earth just covered by an Indian burial ground? Exactly. Yeah, now I am right there with yeah I would like to know more information if that's possible. same.
0: Um, others report seeing William Winter, who's the only man we know for sure was killed at the plantation and according to that story, his ghost basically cycles through his last moment. So oh, uh, what is that um, called uh, residual? Yes, yeah. So people will see or hear him be staggering back through the house's entrance and then running up the stairs to the 17th step where he allegedly died right there. Um, some people even claim to have caught the ghosts on film, although some of these photos are there's always questions about if they're real ghost photos or not. I'll send
1: you some of those and then if it's like out if it's grainy and like out of focus, mm-hmm. like it's kinda like the Dyalov Pass like UFO photo where I'm just yeah. like, Is it just out of focus yeah. and like somebody moved at just yeah. the right time or yep. something like that? I don't know. Those so I'll show you. I'll show you some of those after this. Okay. Cool. Um
0: so in March of twenty twelve I took a trip with my mom to the Myrtles um, as kind of like a last trip before I graduated and then went to school out of state, flew into Baton Rouge, we rented a car, we were supposed to get a sedan, but the rental company was out of those, so we ended up with a Kia Soul, which we were annoyed by, but it ended up being super handy later. Um, and I'll explain that further in a minute. So uh, we got in on I think it was like a Thursday, so there weren't a lot of people there, and we did that on purpose because we didn't want right. to be packed, and totally. it was a little bit cheaper, I think. Yeah. Um, we were the first ones to check into a room on the newer side of the plantation. So uh, I think it was like the Rough and Gray room was up there, one other room, and then the Fanny Williams room, which mm-hmm. is where we stayed. So. First one's to check in on that side. And it was... The place is weird because if you were in that newer portion, people who were staying in the older, first built house mm-hmm. didn't have... They were all like old school, original keys. Yeah. And you didn't have a key to the old portion if you weren't staying there. And then people in that portion didn't have a key to get into our portion. Gotcha. There's nothing electronic in on the plantation. Except for like in the where you check in and they have a computer to check you in. That's it though. They don't have nothing. lighting. There's lighting. Oh. Electronic, not electric. Okay, you say elect,
1: and I think <laughs> everything. No.
0: So there's lights. <laughs> and there's plumbing, but there's no radios. There's no TVs. There's zero internet. Almost no cell service. That sounds miserable. You want to go there? Yeah, it was awesome. It was super fun. They were all original style keys. They didn't have, like, even when we went to the Stanley, like, you had a key card. These were turnkeys. I wish the Stanley had original keys. That would have been so cool. Same. So we walk in, and we're in the Fanny Williams room, which is also known as the doll room. Ugh. Creeped out immediately. Like, mm.
1: super creeped out immediately. I've seen your pictures, and I literally hate every Have second. Have I shown you pictures yes, of you've shown me the doll room, and I literally told you I would put that doll somewhere else, and I would punt it across the room. You can't do that, because there's stories that if you mistreat the doll it ends up in your fucking suitcase it shouldn't be sitting on a mantle staring at me it ends up coming home with you so is that better fuck that i don't want that room i would rather die yeah no i've seen the pictures (laughs) don't remind me of how fucking dis. i'm not one that is scared by dolls and for some reason those i don't want anything to do with those dolls (laughs) they look awful so we're super creeped out yeah no shit
0: and we, being the amateur ghost hunters that my mom and I were, we brought a voice recorder. Um, that di- it didn't run twenty four seven, but it would be triggered and turned on by sound. Yeah. So we're like, cool. It's about dinner time. There's a restaurant on the plantation that was made out of, I think, some old carriage houses or something. Oh, that's Anyways, cool. Anyways, really good restaurant. So we were going there. We turn. The recorder on and we set it on the bed near the pillows. So we go to dinner, had a really good time, come back and there's some new recordings.
1: Yeah. you've And we these listen to them. Me.
0: They don't sound the same as they did. What do you mean? They don't. They're just, they sound different than they did because we had recordings of, um, it sounded like something was tapping on the mic. Like it sounded like that. And that's going to be annoying for everybody. But that's what it sounded like. Um, You could hear boots walking around. You could, I mean,
1: conversations, all
0: kinds of stuff. And that's not on the recordings anymore.
1: I heard it, though. We'll listen again. But there was one that sounded like something was like not tapping, but like scraping against the mic. Like somebody like grabbed part of the bedding and like put it over the microphone for a second. Okay. I remember that one pretty vividly. And I remember hearing the footsteps. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either.
0: Somebody else checked in as we were coming back from dinner, so we kind of chatted with them. We got some voices in the room that were chiming in on the conversation that we were having with our new neighbors. Hmm. Super weird. That's not on there either. I don't remember that. I
1: know. It was vivid on there. Weird. Um, It's like the ghosts were like, we don't want you to have this anymore. Yeah. We're taking it back. Yeah. So,
0: we ended up going on the ghost tour that night, and super interesting, learned a lot about um, the hotel, but they really spent a lot of time in our room, which we didn't like. Oh my god, (laughs) And I was like, fuck this. Um, We got a picture that had a, it was like an orb, but it was like some kind of flash thing in our room, and it was the green turban shape. Ugh. And it literally, it was not like a spherical orb. It was like, like it had the consistency of an orb, but it was like, kind of like that side triangly shape that you would have of a turban that was on somebody's head, but also purposely covering an ear. It's almost like a profile
1: view? No. Oh, head on?
0: Yeah. So after the tour, I was like, fuck that, mom. I'm getting bad vibes from this room and I'm not sleeping in there. And she's like, oh my God, come on. We have to sleep in there. Yeah. And I was like, nope. And she's like, we have to sleep in there. I'm like, nope. Uh, So we ended up going to uh, the room of some... There was, like, this work retreat happening there. And this group of ladies were taking the tour with us. There was, like, five or six of them. And we ended up going to their room. And they had a whole bunch of blueberry moonshine that they had made and brought. Mm -hmm. Because we're in Louisiana. Right. And Kathy, my mom, (laughs) was like... Maybe I can get Macy a little tipsy and she'll be more willing to sleep in the room because I don't know what else we're going to do. Yeah. we tried that. We had a good old time. And at the end of the night, I said, nope, fuck that room. We're not sleeping there. So (laughs) in the dead of night, we grabbed all the bedding off the bed, snuck to the now bigger car that we happened to get, and we slept in the back of a Kia Soul that whole night.
1: (laughs) I'm not doing that with you. I wouldn't do that now. No? No. You, when we stayed at the Stanley, we had to keep the TV on all night. That's better than sleeping out in
0: the car. Come on, that's a step up. Okay. (laughs) Another weird thing that happened on the tour, one of the ladies in the group that I told you about, she was a little bit older, and she told us beforehand, and she told the tour guide, That she had had both knees replaced and both hips replaced. So she did not walk quite as quick as she did in her younger days. And so she would ask um, the tour guide every time we were about to go move on to a different spot in the house. She would say, hey, let me know which way we're going. I'll try and kind of go ahead so that you're not waiting for me. So she'd been doing this the whole tour. We get to the mirror room in front of that big mirror that I told you about. And this thing has been resilvered, new glass put on everything to try and get. There's a whole bunch of spots in the mirror, yeah, uh, that look like just standard like patina. Sometimes you can maybe make them out as like handprints or whatever, but a lot of efforts have been made to get rid of this, including replacing different parts of the mirror that would get that patina on them, and these spots still appear. Yeah, so this. Mirror was the only place that they would let you take out your phones, take out your cameras. You couldn't have any kind of recording devices or, you know, couldn't have your phones out, couldn't take pictures during the tour, except for in this one room. So everybody kind of horseshoes around the mirror. Tour guide's telling a story, and then he says, go ahead, take photos. Dottie-dottie, we're doing that, taking photos. About to move on to the next room, and the lady I mentioned before had already moved on, the tour guide told him told her that we were going, I think it was into like one of the dining rooms, uh, said that we were going in there. So she had already moved in there, finished the tour, and we're in their room talking to them. Everybody's kind of sharing their pictures that they took. Um, we let people take pictures in our room because we were staying there. Yeah. And that's when we got the green turban photo. Yeah. But everywhere else you were not allowed to. The only reason we couldn't ours is because we are like, yeah, we don't care. We're staying here. Yeah. You can take photos. Right. We're looking through them, and we get one weird photo, and it's in the mirror room. And the lady who had taken the photo was standing head-on into the mirror. She takes this photo. And in in the image, we see the older lady that I told you about who had already moved on to the dining room. And in the photo, she's standing directly in front of the mirror, facing the camera, Mm -hmm. with just no expression on her face. And if you look closer, you can see through her. Like, she's, like, opaque. Like, you can see everything she's wearing, but you can also see the frame of the mirror through her. Right. Different objects through her. Right. She was not in that photo weird like she, there's no way that somebody in a group with a whole group that's sitting around this one object that everybody's taking photos of would go and just be a dick and stand right in front of that mirror right And also without people saying anything yeah and also be see-through and the thing is we had other photos of her in the dining room with almost the exact same timestamp. stamp that's so weird so, that was super, super creepy. She was super freaked out, as I would be, too. Yeah. We ended up moving to a different room, uh, which was not in the main house, for the next night. And we slept in that room, but also experienced a lot of, like, temperature flux- fluctuation. So, it gets super, super cold and then super hot. And keep in mind, this is, like, it was hot. It was... Milla, louisiana yeah summertime in the beginning of summer like it was hot as balls and then uh we both my mom and i both heard um chains dragging outside which was weird i don't like that i don't know what that was about i also want to mention a painting that's in the dining room that the myrtles acquired but it's not of anybody in the house um supposedly This young girl was sitting for a portrait, which took quite a while back in the day, right? Because it's a painting. She's sitting for it, and she gets one of the fevers that we talked about, and she dies halfway through. Oh my gosh. Her family's like, we still want this portrait. So the artist used her corpse to finish the painting. And it was like half and half. So the left half of her face was while she was alive. The right half of her face and body was after she had died. They have this in the dining room. And I'll show you a picture of that too, but if you cover up one cyber face versus covering up the other cyber face, it's very, very obvious um, that this might be what they say it is. Um, So that's hanging in there. Like I said, it's not related to the house, but they also didn't know that this was the case when they bought it and they found out after and they did a little bit of research. So
1: That's the Myrtles. I love it. Good. I hate it at the same time. Same. I love it, hate it. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I can't believe you want to drag me there. But I'm also really excited. Yeah. I just don't want to be in that doll room. I swear to god, if they put us in that room, I'm gonna say no. We're gonna stay in a different room. I'm sorry if it's the only room you have available. See if somebody else will switch. I don't fucking care. I'm not I'm <laughs> not. I refuse. I will cover those dolls.
0: They tell a lot of stories about the that it's only one doll. Those other dolls were not there when we were in there. There's one main doll in there, and they say that people have come in and talked shit to the doll and moved it or faced it away, and when they do that, it ends up in different places in the room. They say it'll end up in your luggage, and people have to send it back weird shit
1: like that, so, yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm not a doll for
0: person, me. so I don't care no, I'm saying I'm not a doll person, yeah, 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 I don't like dolls. I don't want the doll room either.
1: Oh. Like, I'm indifferent about dolls. I just don't like that one for some reason. Okay. It's weird. (laughs) It's weird. Anyways. Like, the stories about Annabelle and, like, Robert the doll. I'm like, whatever. If I saw Annabelle, if the fucking Warren's Museum ever opens up, I'll just be like, oh, cool. Hey, Annabelle, what's up? And then I'll go walk away. But that doll? Hmm. I don't like it. Interesting. Don't like it. Hmm. Anyways, anyways, uh, you got anything else? Um, no, that's it. That's all I have. Cool.
0: Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Who New Podcast. You can email us on Gmail at Who Podcast six 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 at Gmail dot com. And then you can, if you feel like it, support us on
1: Patreon, which is
0: very kind. If you do, yes. If not, whatever.
1: Yeah. But, and you can review us on Apple Podcasts if you like it. Super. If handy. you don't like it, then Good just for us. don't listen. <laughs> um, that's what I have to say also next week we've kind of been bouncing in between true crime and not true crime just because there's a lot of true crime stories that we're really interested in that we wanted to cover but there's one in particular that we found that sparked kind of an inspiration of us to do like a monthly thing so next week is going to be another like not true crime episode just because we're going to be doing a full month of true crime i'm not going to tell you what the theme is for march but just keep that in mind if you've caught on to our theme and if you haven't then just disregard i'm done talking cool cool Okay. um i've got a bear here that wants to say goodbye oh bear does bear want to say bye bye say bye bear